0: I cannot wait for tonight. And I think I underestimated the power of corporate worship in my life personally. Before all of this happened and we weren't able to gather, I'm so excited about us gathering as one body to lift up the name of Jesus. It's almost like my soul needs it. And I know that there's many others that feel the same way. We can't wait to see you tonight. I wanna say before I jump into this sermon, if you missed our gathering last Sunday, please make it a priority this week to go back and watch that conversation with Stuart Hall. It was so powerful as Stuart shared about his Battle with COVID 19, and he almost lost his life. And God just revealed so many things to him in real time. And having him on our stage, sharing specifically toward fathers and families, we've heard incredible stories all week long. And what's great about us filming all of these gatherings is you can always go back and experience what you missed and let God speak to you through those moments. So make sure you do not miss out on that if you happen to miss the gathering last Sunday. I want to give you the time. Of this sermon from the very beginning. I'm so excited about this. This sermon is titled, Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus. Can you look at somebody next to you right now and say, Turn your eyes upon Jesus? If you grew up in church, then those words are familiar right now. I grew up at Roswell Street Baptist Church in Marietta, Georgia, singing hymns on Sundays, and that one in particular always stuck in my mind. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. It's a beautiful hymn. And I believe that that charge is the charge that the Holy Spirit wants to give to our church today, that we would fix our eyes on Jesus. Let me pray before we open the word of God. Heavenly Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that suddenly distractions and everything competing for our attention and our affection right now would disappear. I pray even in this moment that my voice would be submitted to your voice That what I say next would only be what you have to say to people and God that you would speak to people who are going through so many different circumstances and in different walks of life that it would be supernatural the way you use the same message to speak to different people in different places going through different things. Only your Holy Spirit can do that God. Only your Holy Spirit can help us delight in your word. Only your Holy Spirit can connect us to our Heavenly Father. And so, God, we ask you to do what only you can do. And we do our part by just submitting and surrendering and saying, this is your time. We want to meet with you. God, please, please don't let us waste this moment just listening to a sermon. Let us use this moment to draw near to your presence. We love you, and we submit it to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. This is a common command in the Bible fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author, perfecter of our faith. But it's a command that makes little sense when you consider the fact that we are worshiping a God who is unseen. How do you turn your eyes upon Jesus. And I was that guy in a traditional church growing up, or I would say I was that kid who was always thinking literally about everything. It's like, turn your eyes upon Jesus. And immediately I just thought of the last painting or TV show or movie I'd seen with Jesus. I was like, okay, okay, well, we we can't really see Jesus. So what does it actually mean to turn our eyes upon Jesus? And this is something fundamental for every believer in Jesus to understand that, Our encounter with Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit post-resurrection and ascension is always rooted in the word of God. The vision and the voice of God is the word of the Lord. So listen, we don't believe the Bible is simply a collection of 66 books and a bunch of stories from history that give us theological information. We believe that the word of God is alive and active and you can actually meet with Jesus as the scriptures jump off of the Page and into your life. So what it means to turn your eyes upon Jesus is actually the exact same thing as turning your eyes back to the scriptures. And I want to say something from the very beginning today. It's really difficult to turn your eyes upon Jesus if you are not willing to turn the pages of your Bible. Ouch, that like hurt me to say, and, and I'm not meaning to come out at the beginning of a message and just say some kind of savage line to make you feel guilty about not reading your Bible. I just want it to be clear what we're talking about today. Turn your eyes upon Jesus is about returning us to our love for the scriptures, and it's really hard to turn your eyes upon Jesus if it's been a while since you've been willing to turn the pages of your Bible. And so what I wanna do today is I wanna have a moment where we connect to Jesus on a relational level because we remember what it means to go into the word of God. This whole summer, we've been looking at Matthew chapter 11, this passage where Jesus invites us into rest for our souls. And there's this part that we haven't talked about yet. It's where Jesus says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm gentle and humble in heart. It's interesting that Jesus would say, As you learn from me, you'll discover the truth about my heart. See, Christianity always connects knowledge in your mind to the experience of your heart. It's never one or the other. It's always both and. And so as you and I learn from Jesus in real time, there's a, in a very real sense, a relational connection that happens. But this is really complicated, especially for those of you who just decided to follow Jesus. And you hear me preach about things like God being a relational heavenly father. And God wants a relationship with you more than he wants you to have rules and restrictions. And then we put a Bible in front of you and we go, hey, we got a book and that's how we relate to God. And you hear that and you're like, that doesn't sound very relational to me. That actually sounds really transactional. And what you have to learn how to do is you have to learn how to let the word of God usher you into a relationship and into the presence of a very real savior who, guess what, really wants to meet with you and speak to you. God is never elusive when we come to the word of God. God is never hiding, expecting us to somehow discover truths and diamonds and figure out a way to know more about him. God has come out in plain sight. Jesus died exposed in front of all people to invite us into a relationship with our Heavenly Father. He's right there, and he wants to meet with us. But it's our willingness to learn how to relate to our Heavenly Father through the Scriptures and let them speak to us right where we are in this moment that's going to determine how real our relationship with God is on a daily basis. And not just how real it is, but how much we delight in it. God doesn't want you to simply read your Bible. God wants you to delight in your Bible. And I feel like for a lot of people who have been following Jesus for a long time, today is going to be a reminder of going back to your first love, letting the word of God connect you to Jesus. And so I wanna invite you, if you have your Bible Hold it up right where you are right now. Hold them up. We are very close to an in-person Bible drill. In fact, it might happen tonight at worship night. We've gotten a couple of requests for that this week, and we might just have to say yes to that. If you have your Bible, turn with me to the very middle to Psalm chapter 119. Psalm 119. Now, if you open your Bible to the middle of your Bible, it's the highest probability that you're going to land in Psalm 119 because it's actually the longest chapter in the entire Bible. Psalm 119 is an acrostic Hebrew poem that's written with every letter of the Hebrew alphabet having its own section. And so, this chapter actually has 176 verses. And the reason why it does is it goes from one letter to the next letter to the next letter and basically puts every line having that letter as the first letter of each line. And watch this every single verse is about the Word of God. It's about loving the Bible. I want to challenge everybody in our church to read Psalm 119 this week. And I say this week instead of today because it is really long. And you watch how the psalmist is absolutely madly in love with the scriptures. Now, when this psalmist wrote it, they were writing it about the Torah, the first five books of the Bible. One of the great things about being a New Testament follower of Jesus in the new covenant is we have the full story of God's plan for redemption. And we have the inspired word of God ready to speak to us in our language every single day. And it is not an invitation into a quiet time. It is an invitation into transforming your day into the life Jesus died for us to live. I'm sorry, I just feel extra motivated today to tell people, you are going to be so fractured, you're going to be so handicapped in your relationship with God if the Bible is not something you are delighting in on a daily basis. And this is something that I'm overwhelmingly guilty of because I preach for a living I have to read these books. I have to study them. And I've noticed in my own life, if there's not a genuine delight in the verses that I am looking at, all I have is information about a God I wish I knew. But if I delight in these words, if they are sweet to my soul, I'm overflowing with a real relationship with the God of the universe, and I want you to have that too. Psalm 119, we're gonna start in verse 33. We're gonna look at a few verses. Look at verse 33. And let's read this together. Psalm 119, verse 33. If you're there, say, I'm there. I got a little bit of a live audience here. Just a few people, sporadic throughout the audience. They're not as excited as I hope you are listening to the word of God at home. But maybe this will get them to give a little more energy. Okay, here we go. Psalm 119, verse 33. If you're there, say, I'm there. See, it matters less when you do it the second time. Okay, here we go. Teach me, Lord, the way of your decrees, that I may follow it to the end. Give me understanding so that I may keep your law and obey it with all my heart. Direct me in the path of your commands, for here I find delight. Turn my heart towards your statutes and not toward selfish gain. Turn my eyes away from worthless things. Preserve my life according to your word. So good. I'm gonna read it again just to let it sink in. It says, teach me, Lord, the way of your decrees that I may follow it to the end. Give me understanding so that I may keep your law and obey it with all my heart. Direct me in the path of your commands for here I find delight. Turn my heart towards your statutes and not towards selfish gain. Turn my eyes away from worthless things. Preserve my life according to your word. This is so good because this is a prayer asking God for help while he's reading the Bible, saying, God, teach me from your word, the word that I want to delight in. I want to take my eyes off of what I currently have my attention on, and I want to experience fully the goodness of the written word of God. Have you ever been there? I love the first sentence. He says, teach me, Lord, there are very few things of higher value to the Christian life that are higher than a teachable, humble spirit. A spirit that says, I, I need to be taught. I am a learner before I am a leader. And on that note, just getting to know a few leaders that I admire, you want to know one of the themes that I'm seeing over and over and over again as I look to people older than me who have accomplished a lot and who have a lot of people following them and you look at their life and you go, wow, you're, you're doing something that God has his hand on. I find over and over again that the best leaders stay the best learners. They stay in this posture, this teachable. That They don't walk around thinking that they know everything. They walk around with a spirit that says, I'm always ready to take in the next thing I need to understand. I believe no matter how long you've been following Jesus, that has to remain your posture. That has to remain your spirit. Some of you are not delighting in the word of God, and it's because you've been reading the word of God for more decades than you can count. And you've assumed, I've read cover to cover through the Bible more times than I can remember. What is really the purpose of going into some of these same scriptures again? But here's what you miss out on. You miss out on the fact that the scriptures are a deep well that never, ever, ever runs dry. You could read the same passage 50 times every single day. And the Holy Spirit could speak to you in a different way every single time. I've seen that in my own life. So I think... We got to start at the beginning of this psalm and go, okay, how much are we coming to the Bible with a heart that's actually moldable, with a heart that's actually open to let God speak to us the way he wants to talk to us? And he says, I want to delight in it. But he goes on to say, turn my eyes away from worthless things and turn my heart toward what your word says again. Here I find delight. Now, This is where it's going to get really convicting and difficult. Most days, and the majority of the time that I open my Bible, naturally, I don't delight in the word of God. What I mean when I say that is I don't open my Bible on a given day going, wow, this is God speaking to me. This is the breath of God into my soul. Thank you, Jesus. I just can't wait to apply every single word of this book to my life and discover more about who God is. I have moments like that but they are few and far in between. And I'll say this, there are few and further in between now that we have two kids. And I don't know why, it just has this effect on my spirit where I'm like, okay, I have to read the Bible because I want to have a relationship with the God of the universe, but my heart's not delighting in it. Well, here's the thing. It's exactly why this prayer is prayed in Psalm 119 and exactly why I wanna charge our church with the words, turn your eyes upon Jesus and turn your eyes back to the word of God. We need Jesus help enjoying the word of God. If you'll just be honest with yourself for five seconds, you can actually arrive at an amazing realization. Maybe God doesn't want you to hide from the fact that the Bible seems boring and hard to understand at times. Maybe God wants you to press into that so the spirit can overcome it. And the only way he can do that is if you acknowledge it. Like maybe... God knows that he has to intervene for the scriptures to mean something to us. And maybe he's waiting for the day where we'll just be honest and relational with him enough to go, God, I'm opening this and I don't understand it. God, I'm opening this and I'm not feeling it today. Did you know God has actually prepared for the fact that you're going to feel that way most days? And God has actually made a way to meet you there, and we have access to God through the power of the Holy Spirit that people did not have before Jesus showed up on planet Earth. There's this moment, this is so cool, there's this moment in, uh, in Deuteronomy when God gives Moses the Ten Commandments. And after he gives Moses the Ten Commandments, he keeps talking to all of the people of Israel. And the people, it's, it's hilarious when you actually read it in Deuteronomy chapter 5. The people go, Moses, can you tell God to stop talking to us? And they say, it's scary for us. We feel like we're going to die if he keeps talking. Why don't you go meet with him in a tent or somewhere away from us and then just tell us what he said and we'll obey it. And God says, that's good. That's good that you say that. And that's good that you recognize that. See, some of us think we'd have a more real relationship with God if he just talked to us out loud. And we don't realize that the holiness of God means if God actually did talk to you out loud right now, you would feel like you're going to die. He's so holy. But he still made himself available to you. That's why we have the written word of God. But when that happens, God actually compliments the Israelites and he says, that's a great response. I love that they fear me in a healthy way. And I love that they're aware of my presence. And there's this moment in Deuteronomy chapter five where God says out loud, oh, that their hearts would always be inclined to fear me and obey my commands. It's almost like God is going, their lives would be so much different if their hearts were more inclined to receive from my voice all the time the way they're receiving it right now. You ever had a season and a moment in your life where God's voice felt so real and you were like, I just want it to always be this tangible. I just want it to always be this accessible. I want it to be this real. But when it's not, you end up like the Israelites in the Old Testament with these sporadic moments of closeness with God where there's a moment that feels so real where he's so close, but then days turn into months, turn into weeks, turn into, that was backwards, weeks turn into months and that turns into years of you going, I remember what it was like for God to feel close, but it's been so long. That's how a lot of us relate to the Bible. For some of us, we remember years ago and we're living on memories of times with God instead of the imagination of the new revelation God wants to give us today. And our obedience is sporadic. Our awareness of his presence is all over the place. We look like the people of Israel going up and down and up and down depending on what God has shown us lately. But here's the great thing about the spirit of God. The spirit of God is available on your behalf to incline your heart to want the word of God again. And so when I read that in Deuteronomy where God goes, oh, that their hearts would always be inclined. You wanna know what I started praying when I opened my Bible? God, if that's what you wanted for your people in the first place and Jesus died to give me this access, here's my prayer, Lord. Incline my heart again to want you. Turn my heart to be in a position of pliability and softness to where I'm not just standoffish and numb and hard-hearted and missing out on what you want to say. ACC, you can fight apathy. You can fight unbelief by saying out loud, God, I'm not feeling it today. God, I just don't believe today. God, I don't have the faith for this today. But when you create that space, just like the psalmist is doing in Psalm 119 to go, God, even though I don't feel you, and even though you seem far away, I'm still turning my eyes to your word. But even if I look at these words, if you don't do something in my heart, nothing is going to happen here. And here's the great thing about our God. Our God's faithful. Just as surely, what does Cheryl read? Surely as God is faithful, all the promises of God our yes and amen in Jesus. This is beautiful. If you pray for God to incline your heart to his word, you have a guaranteed yes from God every time. That's powerful. And and that's really my whole message today. I didn't really wanna do a message about how to have a quiet time in five steps. I didn't just wanna do a message to inspire you to maybe read your Bible this week. I hope you do. This message is simple. I want you to pray a prayer as you open your Bible the next time. And I want that prayer to be, God, incline my heart to care about what you care about and to see more than words on a page so that I can meet with you because only the Holy Spirit enables us to delight in the word of God. So here's my whole message in one line. You might wanna write this down. Turn your eyes upon Jesus, by asking God to turn your heart toward the word. Turn your eyes upon Jesus by asking God to turn your heart toward the word. I'm saying we gotta make it a habit to make this the prayer of our heart as we open the Bible. Listen, there's a million things that you can pray for that are good things. There's a lot of good prayers out there. But sometimes there's only one right prayer. And when you're opening the Bible, I believe the right prayer is God help my heart to be sensitive to the things that you're trying to say because there's a lot of noise all around me that gets me all over the place. And if you don't align my heart with your heart in this moment, I am going to miss it. And when you pray that prayer, this is so simple, ACC. When you open up your Bible and go, God, I want to be honest with you about where I am right now. I need more than a time where I read a couple of verses. I need more than a chapter. I need more than facts. I need my Father right now. God hears that prayer. And all the promises of God are yes and amen in Jesus. I believe, even if it's not immediate, if you press in with that kind of faith, God will speak to you. Here's the great thing. If you do what I'm saying and he doesn't, he's not God. Listen, God actually invites us sometimes to call on his presence and to invite him to show up in our lives. And so I believe if you go to God and actually say out loud, God, this is what I'm really feeling and this is what I'm really experiencing and this is what I want you to break me of, he's going to act on that because the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of your life. Too many of us have a theoretical relationship with God where a lot of the prayers that we think we are praying never actually come out of our mouths and so the power never gets accessed in our hearts. So if it doesn't get out of your mouth to God and you go, well, God just hasn't spoken to me and I've been wanting him to speak to me. Well, that was your intention, but that wasn't a prayer. A prayer is opening your mouth and calling on God to do what God does. And God loves faith. Particularly God loves express faith where we go, God, I believe in you. Help my unbelief. I need you to speak to me right now and I need you to remind me why I should care about the Bible. Here's our our collection of verses we've been reading. Matthew 11, verse 28. You should have it memorized. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I love that Jesus says, listen, as you learn from me as a disciple, here's the diamond. You're going to get to know my heart. What's Jesus' heart? Gentle and humble. Another translation says lowly. You know what that word lowly means? Accessible. When you learn about Jesus, you learn that he's never far off. He's right there ready to speak to you. You've just clouded your mind with so many distractions and taken your focus all over the map for so long that you need a prayer of desperation, asking the Holy Spirit to hit clear all on everything that's jaded you lately and make crystal clear the presence of Jesus once again. And I'm telling you, God is waiting to say yes to that prayer, but you won't pray. And neither will I. It's it's just that close. It's just as close as an open Bible and an open heart. But we have to take the step by faith to invite Jesus into it. So my message today, so simple, turn your eyes upon Jesus by opening your Bible with a simple prayer. And I'm about to give you a simple prayer, but it's really not me giving it to you. It's the word of God. Even better. You ready? Psalm 119 verse 36. This is what we read. Here's the prayer. Turn my heart towards your statutes and not towards selfish gain. Turn my eyes away from worthless things. Preserve my life according to your word. I wanna take those verses and give you a simple two-step prayer that we're gonna pray together as a church as we open the word of God this week. You could pray it as you open to Psalm 119 this week, but it's gonna be a two-step prayer and it's gonna be straight out of these verses. Could you look at somebody next to you and say, turn your eyes, turn your eyes upon Jesus. I feel like a lot of mothers who are in the room with their kids are teaching them that hymn and going, oh, I hope we sing it. Don't worry, it's coming. But first we gotta get through point number one and point number two. Point number one, here's the first prayer. You ready? Turn my eyes away. Turn my eyes away. I love that the psalmist says, turn my eyes away from these things that are holding down my ability to focus on your word. Listen, you can't turn your eyes toward Jesus until you turn your eyes away from what you currently focus on. And there are a lot of things right now that are holding our attention captive that we just have to acknowledge out loud so that we can give the Holy Spirit permission once again to call us when we take our attention off of Jesus. I know I am out of rhythm with Jesus. If I haven't felt the Holy Spirit in a given day, take my focus off of the rabbit trail I'm about to go down. You know what the Holy Spirit does in your life over and over and over again? The Holy Spirit prompts and the Holy Spirit reminds, particularly does that about focus in our day of being so inundated with social media and our phones. See, I believe when the Holy Spirit is speaking to you and it's actually getting through, I shouldn't say when the Holy Spirit is speaking to you because he's always speaking. We're just too distracted to notice you'll feel this sense in which what you're about to look at on your phone or what you're about to think about about somebody else or the, the, the conversation that you're having that's about to go a certain direction, you'll feel this still small voice on the inside of you go, hey, no, 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 come back here, come back here. It's not where we're going. But until you take the time to pray out loud, God, turn my eyes away from where I've been looking put my focus back on your word again. What you're doing is you're giving the Holy Spirit a license to call you out. And so as I'm walking through my day and I'll have moments where I'm on my phone, I'll have moments where I'm in conversation, I'll have moments in my own brain where I hear Jesus talk to me and go, nope, we're not thinking about that. Nope, we're not going on that. Nope, we're not going down this road. And your willingness to go down that road while the Spirit's voice is grieved and drowned out is the reason why you can't delight in the word of God. The Holy Spirit is a real person. He's not a machine. And when he speaks to us in real time, he also can speak and be drowned out and grieved by some of the pathways our minds travel down. So here's what you need to do. When you say, turn my eyes away, pray to your heavenly Father and go, God, Remind me that I am forgiven for where my focus and attention has been lately. But please, please, please take my eyes off of these things that my flesh so desperately wants to latch onto. Turn my eyes away. That's number one. Number two is simple, and then I promise we're done. We're going quick today because I want to get you reading the word of God. Number one is turn my eyes away. Number two, turn my heart toward. It says turn my heart toward your statutes and not toward selfish gain. As you pray for a renewed focus off of maybe where your focus has been, you pray, God, turn my heart back toward loving you again. And I believe the longer you follow Jesus, the more challenging it becomes to have the joy of your salvation restored unto you. But just because it's challenging doesn't mean it's impossible. If you ask God to incline your heart toward loving him again, he will do it. And I'm giving you permission to ask God in as real and as raw of a way that seems natural to your relationship with him. For someone like me, in years past, that has looked like feeling nothing when I look at the Bible and being about to preach about it. And getting on my knees and sometimes at the expense of my knuckles, punching the ground and saying, God, I don't want to be numb to your word. Help me love it again. Help me love you again. Help me feel this. Listen, knowledge has got to get to experience. But only the spirit can take it from here to here. Only the spirit can connect the head to the heart. Only the spirit can take it from mere words on a page to the breath in your lungs but it takes you saying it out loud. And maybe it's not like me punching the ground, telling God, I don't want to be numb. Help me feel it. Help me love your word again. Maybe it's with a song of praise to God to go, God, I'll sing to you even when I don't feel like it. And I'll sing until I feel like it. I'll sing tonight at worship night when we get in that field, even if God feels a million miles away. You know what I've found? Is the more you're willing to sing when you don't feel like it, the more the Holy Spirit can actually make your heart feel like it. Two times to praise God when you're feeling it and when you're not. So you lift up the name of Jesus and you suddenly go, my heart is becoming pliable again. Turn my heart toward loving you. And you go into the scriptures. Yes, we need to seek out knowledge. Yes, use all the resources that are at your disposal to learn more about the Bible. But more than anything, don't seek out knowledge for knowledge's sake. Seek out knowing Jesus for rest. Here it is, and I promise I'm done. Learn from me. I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Could it be that simple? You don't find rest for your souls when you study how to have a restful soul. You find rest for your soul when you turn your eyes upon Jesus and turn the pages of the scriptures. You see, I know so many of you are weary and exhausted right now. I'm telling you, a few droplets of this book on your soul can quench your thirst faster than seeking it out in this world for 52 weeks. Open the Bible. Open your heart. And let's let the Word of God speak to us again. I wanna give you an opportunity as the band comes up here to close your eyes and get before the Lord. I want you to pray this simple prayer. God, turn my eyes away and turn my heart toward you again. You can pray it right now. And yes, you can think about all the ways you need to be more consistent in your time with the Lord. You can plan out what's the next book of the Bible or what's the next devotion you're gonna do, but I just challenge you to put that on hold for a second. And let's do business with God. As you have your head bowed right now, I want you to acknowledge what your focus has been on. If it's a relationship, name it. If it's a habit, say it. If it's something that has over and over and over again taken your attention off of the God of the universe, it needs to be acknowledged. God, turn my eyes away from the thing that I naturally want to focus on. And after you do that, I want you to ask God in your own words, turn my heart towards you. Restore the joy of my salvation to me again and let your word speak to me. Heavenly Father, I pray in Jesus' name as there are heads bowed and hearts bowed, more importantly, all over the place. I don't know when this message is going to land in someone's life, but I feel like somebody has just rediscovered the reason why you felt a million miles away and you never even moved. It's your word. God, we love your word. And in an age where people have become more passionate about political correctness and saying the right things the right way. God, would we be a people who do not apologize for how great your word is? Would we be a people who fall in love with our Savior because you don't want a relationship with us that's giving us instructions? You want a relationship with us that's reminding us of our identity So tell us again, incline our hearts again. Bring us back close to you once again. Only you can do that. Turn our eyes upon Jesus and away from lesser things right now. I pray in Jesus' name for someone who thinks that they're too far gone. God, would you speak to them right now just by the fact that I just said that? Would you speak to them right now and tell them that no, they're not. It's not. It's not too far. It wasn't so bad that you cannot redeem. Pull us back in this moment, God. We love you. We sing to you now. In Jesus' name, amen.